This is Brian Hager. This is Dennis Garrett, and you are listening to the Little Beaver Historical Society podcast. The North Country National Scenic Trail, generally known as the North Country Trail or simply the NCT, is a footpath stretching approximately 4,600 miles from Crown Point in eastern New York to Lake Sacagawea State Park in central North Dakota. Remember, hike your own hike and uh, see you on the trails. You are listening to a production of the Social Voice Podcast Network. The North Country Trail is unique among National Scenic Trails. Not only is it the longest trail in the National Scenic Trail system, but it's the most diverse in terms of its scenery, uh, topography, and the landscapes. North Country Trail volunteers simply are the lifeblood of this trail. They're the only way this trail could ever be built. The ground is smooth and hikers don't have to worry about tripping over any branches or big rocks. Another really satisfying part about it is just being able to really see the progress that we've made. Like it started off as sort of a grassy root filled pathway and now it's a trail. Follow the blue blazes to discover a connection with nature, the past and each other. The North Country Trail will lead you to enchanting wild places through trail towns and can help discover yourself. The North Country Trail offers opportunities for personal connection with nature, with the outdoors, the, the, the kind of thing that, that transforms an area or a trail into a, a meaningful place, a place that evokes deep desires to conserve it, to protect it, and to pass it on to future generations. They say they just hope to see people getting out and using it. Welcome to this episode of the Little Beaver Historical Society podcast. I'm the guest host today, Kevin Farkas of the Social Voice Project, sitting in for Dave Halawika, who normally sits in this seat and interviews fascinating guests from the area on historical topics of interest to the Little Beaver Historical Society area, Darlington, PA, for example, where we're sitting right now in the historic Greersburg Academy. Just outside the academy here is a, a marker that lets us know that the North Country Trail comes right past this building, right through Darlington. So this podcast episode is going to be about the North Country Trail, and we have with us today Brian Hager and Dennis Garrett, who are members of the NCT North Country Trail Wampum Chapter, the local organization that takes care of this trail, maintains it, makes sure it's in, in good order for whether it's an afternoon hiker or a serious through hiker, as they say, someone doing the trail from end to end, the f- over 4,000 miles of this trail. So, hey, welcome, guys. Thanks for being here, and uh, let's talk about the trail. So, basically, in 1968, the National Trail System Act passed by Congress started the National Trail Systems, which basically introduced the, the first two trails, which were the Appalachian Trail and the Pacific Crest Trail, basically east and west, and they went up and down the coastline. As time went on, during that period of time, they, they basically looked and see, hey, we have these two great trails. Can we make more of them? You know I mean? Because the idea goes back to Roosevelt Muir, 1903, the great camp, you know, and they were trying to save the wilderness as much as possible. So one of the trails that they... Uh, decided that what would work would be the North Country Trail. So shortly after that, in uh, 1971, they put together a task force to basically find out the feasibility of a, a trail that would, you know, basically cross the top of the United States. During that period of time, they tried to think of things like, you know, uh, they'll make sure we pass all the Great Lakes. Um, and 
basically connect the dots of all the public lands that existed during that time between the state parks as well as the federal parks. In 1980, the North Country National Scenic Trail, as it is called entirely, was authorized by Congress. Shortly after that, they realized that, you know, North Country Trail is mostly made up of volunteers and, and fundraising is done by them. So in 1981, within a year after it was formed, the North Country Trail Association was formed. And they're basically the nonprofit backbone to the national park system. And, um, and after that, then it started forming. A lot of this was done up in Michigan, Wisconsin, you know, the areas before it started trickling down. Now, how it led to, uh, you know, becoming in Beaver County in Darlington, um, Mr. Garrett here got a chance to talk to Richard Lutz, who was the very first president. And that was in 1989, they put together the Wampum chapter. And Yeah, it was in 1997, 98 that the Wampum chapter was formed. So it took all those years to get over into Pennsylvania and start organizing volunteer chapters in the state of Pennsylvania. And um, there's a gentleman who works for the National Park Service still today. His name is Bill Menke. His position was over here in western Pennsylvania, and he started to get volunteer chapters formed in western PA. And there was a young man who was actually still in high school. His name was Richard Lutz. Uh, was interested in hearing about the North Country Trail and went to a meeting, and Bill Menke was there. And Richard Lutz and another gentleman, uh, Bob Taft, was very influential in these uh, for forming the first uh, chapter uh, here in southwestern Pennsylvania, close to the Ohio border. So they were assigned the two counties, Lawrence and Beaver counties, uh, for responsibility of, of building the trail. They decided that Wampum was kind of midway between Lawrence and the Ohio line, so that became the headquarters and the name of the chapter, the Wampum chapter. And uh, Richard became the first president of the chapter and uh, was very influential in getting the first segments of the trail uh, off the road uh, in our two counties. Well, I certainly want to talk more about the trail here in Beaver County. I mean, it could have gone further north or maybe even further south. You, you guys would know why it actually came through here in particular. But I want to point out th that the work that you guys do to maintain the trails is just phenomenal. And, you know, you're all volunteers, right? And you come out and you just have a love of the outdoors, but you put a lot of work into clearing the brush and cutting the, the water bars and all that sort of stuff so that, you know, weekenders or, or the through hikers could have a nice experience. So my hat's off to you guys who do that kind of work. I've been on a lot of long distance trails uh, around the country and uh, from the, the most wilderness, remote mountaintops to, you know, the, the parts of the trail near roadheads. Your presence is felt. You can just see the work that you've done to make these trails a great experience. We're not talking about like beating through the bush. You know, we're talking about really well-maintained, cleared brush, you know, graded uh, sloping switchbacks that are safe, you know, not crazy scrambles up the hillsides and stuff. So I just want to, you know, before we go more into this, I just want to point out the great work that you guys do. And, and hopefully you will talk about how people can get involved and in the work that you guys actually do on the trails here in Wampum. But could you tell me how the trail like got into Darlington itself, where we're sitting right here at Greersburg Academy of the Little Beaver Historical Society, right outside is the trail. How did it get right here? 
Well, when the chapter was originally formed, there was an overall plan for the trail, a general overall plan. Uh, and that basically was uh, use all the public lands you can. And so in our county, there are uh, four large sections of public lands, McConnell's Mill State Park, Game Lands 148, and Game Lands 285. So I guess that's only three. So it was easy to get permission to put the trail in those public lands. So now you had to connect those public lands, uh, connect the dots, and Route 168 was the choice coming out of uh, McConnell's Mills. Uh, we quickly got permission on private property on Semex and uh, Gateway uh, Mines, which brought us almost to Beaver County in the woods. So then we had to follow a road to get us over to Gamelands 285 in South Beaver Township. And so that became the best way to do that. At that time, the decision was made to follow Route 168, which brought the trail on the road through New Galley and through Darlington out to South Beaver, Gamelands 285. So that's how the trail came through Darlington. So these things are often just cobbled together whichever way they can be put together using preferably the wilderness routes, right? Through the game lands or state parks, state forests, what have you. But if they have to go on roadways, they have to go on roadways. So they snake around. And I remember a few years back that the trail was very different. The, the trail came into Darlington here in a different way than it does currently. It follows the creek now up through Canelton, but it used to take a roadway in, into town. And you, so, that sh so these things are always evolving, right? That's what I'm trying to understand. It's like, so you're always looking, well, how do we get onto the, the forest, stay in the forest and all that? So these are always shifting around, right? Well, that's, that is our mission. In our two counties, we have 40 miles of trail. About 18 miles of that is not in the woods. It's on the road. So we spend a certain amount of our time and energy trying to get the road walks off the road and onto private property. So the section that you just mentioned was done about five years ago with about seven landowners that we were fortunate to connect those dots and have a nice off-road from Darlington all the way up to Louthan Road, which is about three or four miles. So we're working right now on a section from the Turnpike on 168 over to Scott Wallace Road. We've been given permission by another seven landowners to get an off-road section. So in the future, the trail will not come into Darlington on 168. It will come from the north, more towards Enon, and coming in from that direction so over the next few years, we'll be talking to all the landowners between Darlington and Enon, trying to locate the trail on private property off the road. Do landowners understand the trail? Are they amenable to your request to route the trail? I guess through an easement, right? They would just give permission for the trail to be there under certain circumstances, right? Are they open, receptive? Um, not as often as we wish. <laughs> You have to find the right person that will invite strangers to uh, walk across their property on a five foot wide trail. And we've been fortunate, but um, it's a lot of work to find those people and to have them be contiguous and connected. 
Uh, so yeah, it's uh, most of the people that we have been given permission to uh, locate the trail on their property uh, has been what we refer to as a handshake agreement. Uh, we only have a few uh, legal easements, but we do try to develop the relationship with the landowners and are happy to have a handshake agreement uh, which they can tell us to leave at any time. But we like to develop that good relationship starting at that level and hopefully uh, will turn into an easement that will protect the trail forever and keep it on off the road, yes. Right. Brian, do you work with landowners yourself? Do you go out and you contact them? And- no, I, I personally do not. We have committees that handle all these different things. And uh, we have a committee for that. And then Carol Wright, she does all that after we have gained a landowner we're trying to get one she reaches out and keeps that communication open and Christmas cards invite them to different events we try to make it as you know open and transparent as possible so they know what our mission is because you know think about it if you were a landowner and somebody happened to come up to your door and ask you hey we want to put a trail back there your initial thoughts like all these strange people are going to be on my property in this day and age you know it gets like that but it's finding the right landowner that understands what it really is. It's not a, a pathway through your yard that people are going to be on. This is a much bigger scale. You know, this is the National Scenic Trail. I mean, um, Appalachian Trail, everybody knows it exists. Everybody knows. They, they've made movies about it. Unfortunately, we don't have any movies about the North Country Trail yet, even though we're the largest walking trail in the United States. But we have to find different new ways to get the owners to understand that, like I said, this is for families and photographers and you know, geocachers. I don't know if you've had anybody on here about geocaching on your show, but there's a lot of things out there that have a part about this trail. And it's, you know, I think people need to get out and get into the wilderness a little bit more and, you know, see what things were. I mean, that's the whole point of these trails are the, to keep that going, even though everything else is getting built up and the crazy world's out there. It's important that we do keep it going. So we were lucky enough to have people in our chapter that you know can talk to landowners or actually live in the area where landowners are. So they can relate to them and say, hey, yeah, I live right down the road. But like he was talking about it, the Enid Valley Trail, we also try to find out different ways to make these trails different, you know, and more. And was it 20 plus bridges? I think we're going to be putting over in that little 2.8 mile section and we're going to put different bridges you know, instead of it just being a plank going across a creek or something, it's got a little bit more to it and more thought out. Yeah, you know, I, I want to point that out. I mean, th- these trails are, they truly are thought out. This isn't like, ah, oh, let's just hack our way through this bed of woods. You know, there's a lot of planning. And I would even say there's a lot of engineering that goes into those oh, trails. Yes, there is. Because, you know, when you cut a swath through forest, you're uprooting plants and stuff that would retain the water and so forth. So there has to be thought into, like, how the water would run off the trail. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, to minimize the impact. I mean, one of the missions of the trail entirely is the fact that we're not just making a path. It's easy to make a straight line path through something. Yeah. Um, it's important that we keep history. And the scenic value of what you're seeing, I mean, once again, all the National Park Service's main goal was to save as much history and scenic views, like an overlook that's it's breathtaking. You know, I mean, we have those, even right here in Beaver County. You know, a lot of people think of big places like Hocking Hills or Yellowstone or Yosemite, but we're all part of that family, even though we're only five foot wide and six foot, you know, we have a corridor that we follow. Mr. Dave Brew, who, Dave Brew, who does most of all our engineering and stuff like that, along with other members, um, you know, I got a chance to go out quite a bit with him in the past and see how he got, okay, this is route A, this is route B, and this is a future water problem here. Or, you know, different things you have to look at because it's not just about keeping the view of nature and the history involved, but the future. Land moves, land changes. If that tree falls, how is that going to change? So, 
you know, this is supposed to beat the test of time, even though we have to reroute the route sometimes because of things like that. But And when you have a trail that has a lot of traffic, usually around the trailheads, the towns, there, there's more traffic than way in the backcountry. And trails like the Appalachian Trail are within, what, millions of people, really. A day's drive with the millions of people. Lots of traffic, lots of erosion, because there are a lot of, lot of boots on there. And I, I've seen massive mud holes, massive just erosions off of uh, embankments and stuff. What is the traffic like on the North Country Trail here in the county and as a whole? Um, that's a good question. Um, we, we dove into this a little bit last year, partly because like Watts Mill Bridge. There's another thing that's going on in this area. You know, they're taking traffic. They're, they're counting how many cars came up and down the hill to the bridge. You know, that might be the, the road, but the people that would come down and enjoy this bridge, if they turned it into a pedestrian bridge, you know, we had hundreds. It was like, we, we have log books at the trailhead. So people come in and sign them and whether they're with their family or a through hike or, you know, just for the day. And we enjoy those messages, but it's also a, a fingerprint for every one of those people. And I think we sat down and looked at it. It was the people that signed the book, mind you, because not everybody's stopping. You know what I mean? But we were talking between a 500 to like, say, a thousand hikers come through there, you know, across that area between all the books. You might see hikers, like, say, 20 hikers this particular period of time, and maybe the next month it's one. So it's not like you're seeing as much traffic as the AT. But things are going to change dramatically uh, for this area as well. I mean, uh, Congress just approved the North Country Trail. Uh, National Park Service and to extend the trail to meet up with the Appalachian Trail in Vermont. So now you are somebody that actually hiked the Appalachian Trail and saw the different people, people out of college, people that were retired, people just got fed up with the corporate lifestyle, just packed up and they went hiking, whether they're speed hiking through there or, you know, taking their time. Well, now when you get to Vermont and, you know, Maine's just right over the horizon, I can make a left turn here and I can go another 5,000 miles. You know, we don't even know what it's going to do. We don't have that. So this it's going to be unprecedented to see how many people. So that's going to change dramatically, you know, the type of hikers that come through this area because through hikers are going to be, it's going to jump up. You know what I mean? We get messages from some through hikers. I know Luke Jordan, that was what, a couple of years ago. He hiked all the way through. He's with the National Park Service and wrote a book and he hiked the entire thing. And But luckily there's like different trail angels and stuff that pick them up and give them some food, let them clean up. You know, they'll take care of you. But there's a lot of people we don't know. Like they're not necessarily reaching out to the chapters that you know to ask stuff. They're just trying to full blown grunt through the trail. So the exact numbers are hard, but we know based on the books, based on who we see, because we're out working on the trail, and here comes four or five people. We like to ask them, "Hey, what are you guys doing?" They're, they might be going from McConnell's Mill to Ohio, because you know that's a nice little stretch from there to Buckeye. A lot of some road walk, but you know they do that stretch there. But um, as far as the foot traffic, I, I see in the future not the too far future that you're going to see uh, an increase just because those people are going to be able to make that right turn or left turn, mind you, and start crossing over, you know, and just think eventually if they keep going through North Dakota and they match up with the continental divide, now you just, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> you yeah. can spend your life out there, I guess. You know? It was my understanding that um, the terminus of the North country trail some way is close to the Lewis and Clark trail, which could take you across the North and you could either hit the, CDT, the Continental Divide Trail, and go down to Mexico or over to the PCT, the Pacific Crest, and go down. Yeah, this is big. I mean, long-distance hiking, these trails, it's actually big. You know, the AT started in 1940s, right? Earl Schaefer was a guy, I believe, in 1948, walked it from end to end. I believe the first to do it from end to end. So there have been a lot of people for a lot of years. 
doing this kind of stuff. But because of the involvement of the government uh, with the designation of these trails, uh, it's really become more and more established, more, uh, more notoriety. And quite frankly, with technology today, you can watch someone you know, Facebook their way down the Appalachian Trail uh, and send uh, vlog posts out every night from their laptop that they're carrying. Um, I don't know how you think about that. I have my own thoughts on that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it, it, it's it's big. It's really big. So I want you guys to talk a little bit about trail magic, right? You know what I'm talking about? And I think you're talking about trail angels, trail yeah. magic. Yeah. And you know that typically I relate that with through hikers and we're not the Appalachian Trail, and we have a limited number of through hikers that come through here. But if we know they're coming, uh, we love to make that trail magic happen and uh, help them when we can with a ride or uh, with a, a meal or put somebody up for the night. Uh, we don't have as many opportunities as we'd like because we don't have as many through hikers as, as Brian said they're going to be coming. They're going to be more, but uh, yeah, trail magic is a big thing, and uh, I'm not a long-distance hiker. You were, Kevin, so maybe you experienced some trail magic. Is that right? I did, and you know what? A lot of that came from the volunteer groups mm -hmm. that were out there not only maintaining the trail, but you know, I remember in Vermont, there was a six-pack in a stream, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You know, and I remember being picked up in Virginia and taken to a little general store by a guy in his Jeep, uh, those kinds of things, you know. And I, I'm really curious about this, you know, the interaction of the locals here with the trail. Uh, you know, not everybody is an end-to-ender. Um, so people are doing sections, you know, but uh, this makes all the difference in the world. The trail angels, the, the trail magic, as we call it, the friendliness of the locals. You know, I tell you, you could get pretty strung out on these long-distance hikes. And when you're just walking down and you see somebody wave at you, that's really cool. That's friendly. That just makes all the difference in the world. Or people just to stop and say, hey, do you need anything, right? I can imagine that that's, that doesn't happen here in this stretch of the trail through Beaver County. I know me and my wife have caught people on the backpackers on Facebook, mostly. That's the easiest route to go. Um, somebody that's coming through or something like that. Or, you know, it's funny you brought up like a six-pack of beer. When you hear trail magic, usually it's snacks, food, and beer. That's the first things you think, you know, I know other hikers talk about. Um, as far as like the stories, I know my personal, you know, they weren't really anything, you know, big. It's usually, Hey, can you pick me up here and take me to my car? And my wife's done it a few times. And so have I, or, well, here's this. But another thing to talk about too, is, uh, something that we, we also do. It's not just the trail, but it's also the community. You were talking about how the community comes together. Well, not only is Darlington the town that it goes through, but it's actually a trail town, a part of the North Country Trail and Wampum namesake for our chapter was the very first in 2013 and 2014 uh darlington became a trail town and one of the things we're going to be doing which later on we'll talk about the events and things like that is the fact that it's not just about the trail itself it's about the town the businesses the people and stuff like that it's you know in order for the trail to survive and be accessible to the the hikers we need stores like uh, stop and shop you know, and let them know, hey, these are things that hikers need. And they have a wide variety. I was really impressed by the things that they had, but getting that business to, to kind of show out or maybe put a sticker or something, let you know hikers welcome or other stores. We know a butcher and a baker here, a great place. I know a lot of people have had this food. He's We just now got him in the, in the fold of things and he's going to start doing little things and 
now that town is seeing a revenue from maybe these few hikers that come through and the future of more hikers coming through. But it also shows to other people, hey, they care not only for the town, but here's a here's a national trail that comes through here. And that helps them. And we do little adver- adverts for the business and, it, you know, they're happy for it and stuff. But it's important that they have a place to come to because out in the woods, you know, say they can't get a hold of somebody, you know, they, and, and trail magic isn't enough. They need something. Um, they need to know when they come off that trail that, you know, here's the police department, here's the fire department. This is where I can get backup batteries or the post office. You know, I mean, the AT is a great blueprint for all those things. And, and people might not think, wow, that's this big trail. It all starts off the same. It's five foot wide, it's this big, and hikers are coming through. And our job is to let the business owners know what they need to to uh, supply the hikers and that they're here and that we care about their businesses in this community. You know what I mean? It could be a, you know, somebody, especially in times you see small businesses, they pop up and next you know, they, they're gone. And it's sad. You know, they're really nice people and they had something. I'm not saying the hikers are going to save them, but it starts somewhere. You know what I mean? Us putting ads out for them might reach people they don't know. There's a culture, just like, you know, you drive off a highway and you go down the business district and it's, you know, unfortunately it's all the same, right? You see the same Denny's and the Burger King, whatever. That's a culture, you know, the trail has a culture through these trail towns. You know, there, there's a culture. It's the relationship between the people, the place, the businesses, the services, the organizations such as yourselves, they all interact together to create this experience makes all the difference in the world. It truly does. You know, so on the Appalachian Trail back in the day, there were these guidebooks, you know, a whole series of guidebooks you could buy. But there was a guidebook that was the informal thing that that was called the Philosopher's Guide, originally written by a thru-hiker, and then other people picked it up. But this was the thing that when you rolled into a town, it told you where the best beer was. You know what I mean? It told you where the that place to stay away from. It told you where the laundromat was Mm -hmm. and, you know, how you can jimmy the thing to get a free wash out of it. I mean, that's the cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. But that's, again, that's a part of part of this whole culture thing. And, you know, it was well known which towns were amenable to hikers and friendly and what services were there. It was a nice experience to know that before walking into a town. Does the North Country Trail have anything like that? I don't know for say, um, there's quite a few books written uh, by through hikers or people that were on there. As far as like an informal one, which is great. I wish, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, man, I should look into that. But it's funny you brought it up when we we're talking about the trail towns and things like that. You know, that's something that, you know, we want to do as well, because like you said, this is, I'm not going to go through and say, oh, this is a town you shouldn't go to. Luckily for us around here, all the towns are pretty good towns, you know. But again, it's it's not just for necessarily the through hikers that come through, but what about those weekend hikers? They just want to go out, hike and camp. Now, everybody wants to go to McConnell's Mill. Everybody wants to go to Moraine, and there's nothing wrong. They're big state parks, and a lot of beauty, and there's waterfalls and stuff. But a lot of things get missed out here. You know what I mean? You can go from uh, state line to right here in Darlington, right here where the creek, where the trailhead is. And it's, it's roughly, it's under 11 miles, like 10 miles, 10 and a half miles. And, and through that area, we have a shelter. We have a little area where you can do. There's there's places, uh, was it Crawford Campground? I think it crosses over that you, you, know, you could stop and, you know, set it yourself up. I mean, that's a nice weekend campground, and it's important that you know there's where to go and what to do. It's not that we want to take anything away from these big places, but we want to give families an opportunity to see that there's other aspects there. So as far as an informal guide, I don't know. You might have started a little buzz in my head there, you know, make some phone calls and see what we can do. But luckily, we do have enough hiker, um, you know, book writers. Um, I know some of the names like Joan Allen, Ron Strzok, and luckily we have Penny Allenwood hiking don't die book. She's one of our members, which is really good. 
if you get a chance to check that book out, it's, it's pretty good. It's informative. It's, it's got some stuff in there. It's funny, but we're lucky to have her a part of our, our group. Oh, you know, that reminds me that, you know, when people do write these books, it kind of makes these towns and people in towns a bit of celebrities. Yeah. It, it really does, you know, with the stories and the, and people do, they come to those towns who read those books and um, to experience the, the trail town. The thing everybody, all organizations try to figure out is how to get to the youth, you know, like the next generation, because you got to figure, okay, what's going to happen in the next five, 10 years? You know what I mean? I got to learn as much as I can from this gentleman right here to make sure everything stays on path or the next person, the next person that's an officer, you know, finding different ways. And some of these books and, um, you know, this podcast reaches so many and, you know, other outlets, we try to get as many as we can. Luckily, like I said, for our our chapter, we have quite a few people, like the young people coming up. Was it Hannah Mowry, one of our members' daughters? She's out putting uh, first aid kits and things that hikers need in all the boxes. So when they come up to those trail boxes, they can. There's there's things there, you know, like toiletries and things like that. You don't see many kids that you know young like that being a part of it. And you were saying about how they feel good about the town. And goes like, I don't I don't live in Darlington, but I feel great about Darlington. You know what I mean? You have a lot here. You have museums within walking distance from the trail. Yeah. You have like, uh, you know, uh, Darlington Hotel down here has some rooms upstairs and they have some, you know, food and stuff like that. Grab a beer. And it's a great oh, place. So that should be in the philosopher's yeah. guide. For, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and like there's some things that not too far off the path, Um, you know, you got uh, Rick's places in town and front door taverns up on top of the hill. And it's nice because these businesses like front door and uh, butcher and a baker, they've all become members of our, our, our chapter. So it lets them, that communication's there. We can let them know when there's events happening so they can be prepared, ready for it, you know? Right, right. Communication's key. Uh, absolutely. Uh, communication, getting out there, showing people by example, whether it's through a podcast like this or through a, you know, a book that somebody writes or an article. What you're doing with developing the trail towns is, is really significant. In my life, so I walked the Appalachian Trail. I started April 1st, 31 years ago. Whenever I am driving somewhere near the trail, I stop to those towns. I've been to Damascus, where first time I ever had white lightning, moonshine, was around a campfire at, at a hostel in, uh, called The Place in Damascus. I spent my birthday on the trail one year in Central PA with a birthday cake that I brought down, shared it with the thru-hikers. So people who come through here, if they have a good experience, we'll come back and visit your town. But there are some towns I'm going to tell you, I will not go back to. <laughs> I'm not going to name those towns. Or maybe I should. Yeah, they were not very good experiences. But it does make all the difference in the world. So to celebrate the town, the trail town, there's an event coming up. Uh, yes, there is. Actually, we do have two of them. Uh, one of them is Wampum, the first trail town. It is on June 15th. They're going to have vendors, crafters, kids' activities, adult tricycle race. So if anything, just to go up and see that, that's, that sounds interesting in itself. And there's storytellers and things like that. And it's, it's, it's to celebrate not just the trail and the town and everybody's involvement of it. Uh, it's going to be at the tra um, revitalized train station right there in Wampum. So it's going to be a really good event. Uh, the one actually in Darlington, July 27th, there's actually quite a few things. It's going to be the trail town, Darlington trail town extravaganza. Benoist Walton, um, here, here, and here in the borough, as well as the township, and everybody has been really helpful in, in, in getting this put together. We have a, a 5K. It's a road and trail 5K, so it's a little bit different than most of your 5Ks. Just running through the street, we take you through the town into the South Beaver a little bit and bring you right back on the trail. That way, it incorporates the trail going right past the museum, you know, from Northwestern Elementary School, and it goes right along the trail that's on the road. 
uh, that's going to be from nine to nine to say nine to twelve, just to be safe, because you have the awards and all that kind of stuff going on. And then from ten to two over here, the old Kathy's Kitchen, Arsenio Hall's insurance that was over there. Uh, we have Steel City uh, Dog Rescue and some other organizations in the dog world. They're going to have you can pick a dog and take it on the trail and take it for a walk. Get them out, stretch your legs, oh, socialize. It's going to be cool. all great. We have a, a canine training company going to come out and do little demonstrations and stuff like that. And um, as long as you're dog friendly, you can bring your own dog. As long as it's, you know, because we want to make sure they all socialize and it's a good experience. And that's going to be from 12 to 2. And then from 2 to 6, the Lions are going to be having a, a family picnic down at the polo field with bounce houses and stuff like that. But right in the core of all this is going to be the Trail Town Extravaganza right there at the gazebo, right in the heart of town with vendors and music and crafters and stuff like that. And it's not just about, you know, here's another festival. It's, it's to get people in the town. We're going to do a merchant trail. We get all the, all the businesses and stuff like that in the museums and basically come in and give them like a little booklet they can cross off so they actually enter the places so they can see what's there. Some of these people that are either in the 5K or coming for the dogs, they may be traveling from, you know, out of the area, out of the state, you know, and give them, like you said, give them a reason to come back. Not just the trail, but just for the town itself. You know, 51 is going to be building up soon and all these different things. We, we don't want people to forget the towns that have been here forever and the amount of history that's here. Get them into museums and see all this this great wealth of knowledge is, is amazing. It's been put together. Let them see it. But during this time, it's going to be an all-day event. It's going to be pocket throughout the town so that way people can travel and get a you know visual of the heart of the town. So it, we're, it's going to be real exciting for us. So tell everybody where they can find you on the internet because you know we're all on the internet now with our phones and and whatnot and i know you are too and you're oh, on you're yeah, on definitely. social media northcountrytrail.org um, is the main page for all of it so that way if you do want to do a long distance hiking or find out information and history you can go right on there and it has all the information I and mean, they, they've done a really good job with the website and they've got interactive like maps that interact um, that will tell you like the distance and miles you could tap on and we're about right in the process of upgrading that too as well uh, i know that uh, Dennis is working hard with the other the other PA chapters uh, to, to basically get the map section for the PA so we can constantly update. So it's not just a rough idea. Do we turn left or right? Like it gives you a better knowledge of it. Then you can go to Facebook. It's Wampum PA North Country Trail. It's on Facebook. You, if you put start putting in Wampum Chapter North Country Trail, it'll pop up. That's our personal site. And it gives you all our events. Um, we also have a meetup site on Meetup. I know a lot of people have been using meetups as far as like everything from you know outdoor activities to just you know socializing. And once again, Wampum Chapter North Country Trail Association on the meetup site. We try to get as many social media outlets as we can and adopt to them because it's not just one of the most important things I want to get I tell people first about the chapter is like you automatically think of the chapters in the trail because you're, you're on them all the time. Oh man, they do so much work. And when we tell them, Hey, come out and join us, you know, be a part of it. They're like, Oh, I don't want to get involved. They're cutting trees down and moving stuff. There's more than that. We just do hikes. The third Saturday of every month, we go to a different location of our trail and, and outside of it, we go a little bit in Ohio. We go a little bit, you know, past McConnell's mill, but it, some of the, some of them are two to three miles. Some of them are up to six miles, but we try to pick different places that have like scenic views um, or history. But the third Saturday of every month, um, go on our website, it'll tell you where it's at, um, you know, how many miles, how difficult it is, and things like that. Some of the other things we do, because we are a nonprofit volunteer group. So it's up to us to basically fund ourselves. If there's not grants or, you know, ways to get money that way, um, we have to fund our own projects. Like I was talking about 20 bridges on a trail that we got to put in, we got to figure out how to do that and fund it. So we go to, off the top of my head, roughly like 10 events. We do carve your own sticks. So kids come and 
for five bucks. They get the carved around hiking stick and, you know, um, you can buy little medallions to put on them. And, you know, that's one of the ways we generate, you know, our funding for all the work that we do. I think it's important for people to know that um, although it's, you know, nationally recognized, uh, there's all those connections, it's still all run by volunteers. Mm -hmm. It's maintained. You guys make it happen. So donating money, that's always a good thing, right? You'll, Mm -hmm. you'll, you'll take money, right? That's always, that's a good thing. So, so those who support this work can definitely write a check and that's as valuable as anything. Oh, anything. I mean, you know, there's different people, you know I mean? We got, like I brought up, you know, Dave Brewer and uh, Deb Charlson. Um, They basically work all the adopters, people that adopt sections of trails and maintain it. You know, and we got guys that basically circumference the whole entire thing. We're lucky enough to have a good core group. I mean, there's, what, how many was it, 32? How many chapters are there t- entirely? Yeah, that sounds about right. As I said, 35 total chapters and affiliates and partnerships uh, that do the whole almost, you know, 4,600 miles of trail, you know, and we're just one of them, you know what I mean? And there's 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 other chapters out there. What What's the one up in North? I forget exactly where, but there's like nine members and all nine people are just the maintainers. So, you know, we're happy with what we accomplished down here. And then you start thinking, wow, that's nine people. It's a, it's a large, you know, section of... Uh, trail there but it's out in the middle of nowhere there's nothing there you know so as much as we are happy about all the people we have which are great it, it makes you wonder so even if you just go to northcountrytrail.org i mean locally we would love any kind of assistance or help whether it be physical or financial but go to northcountry.org and, and educate yourself on the larger picture sometimes and you know you can even donate to them as well uh, help all of you know the chapters well we are glad to talk about the trail bring this to the public through the podcast here we certainly hope that people coming on the trail will take note of little beaver historical society that sits here and stop by and see what we have here that's really important for us i think this is a great thing it sounds like it's only getting bigger and better and more exciting and you guys are active and so just a wonderful experience you guys are providing for the community so thank you so much for being on the podcast we will definitely look forward to seeing you guys at Darlington Days and then the, at the Trail Town celebration and the extravaganza. Are you guys still doing the podcast direct from Darlington Days? Yeah. yeah. I just want to bring up, I think it's a great great thing. You yeah, know, yeah we'll, be, we'll be here. And have different people coming in and talking throughout the day. So that's, that's, that's going to be great. So, Brian Hager, Dennis Garrett, thank you so much for sharing uh, all about the, the North Country Trail here through Darlington and Beaver County. We appreciate it very much. Well, thanks for having us. Thank you, Kevin. You are listening to a production of the Social Voice Podcast Network. 